I know plenty of art dealers who don't feel like they can take a stance on certain issues because they don't want to alienate clients or collectors. But taking a stance on issues is what we do. And we're addressing issues that can be contentious, but we don't shy away from it. Welcome to Brave New Girl Podcast. I'm Lou Hamilton and I'm an artist, author and founder of the podcast guesting agency Brave New Girl Media. If you're interested in the health and well-being of people and the planet, then you're in the right place. My guests are change makers, focused on doing their bit towards the greater good and showing us that even taking small actions in the right direction, we can have a big impact on the world we live in. So all aboard the mothership. Let's do this together. My guest this week is Jean Mazel, founder and CEO of Art for Change, developed to offer fine art to socially conscious art collectors. Each carefully selected artist and artwork are paired with a relevant non-profit initiative, and this has generated over $250,000 for non-profits and enabled the planting of over 3,000 trees to support global reforestation efforts to combat climate change. Welcome, Jean, to Brave New Girl podcast. Hi, Jean. How are you? I'm doing well, Lou. How are you doing? I'm very good. Yes, I'm very excited to talk to you. Tell us a bit about what Art for Change is and what you're trying to achieve with it. Absolutely. So, well, first of all, thanks again for having me. This is really wonderful. Art for Change is a platform for discovering the best in contemporary art. Um, my goal for Art for Change is to offer a place where clients can discover incredible art to build their art collections. You know, artwork by artists who inspire and help help one to see the world in a new way, while simultaneously helping make the world a better place through our philanthropic initiatives. So every piece of art we sell at Art for Change has a philanthropic component. And we work with artists to determine a nonprofit that they are passionate about and donate a portion of proceeds from each print, painting, or sculpture sale to the nonprofit partner organization. So, for example, we're curating a collection of new prints for an art fair in Chicago next month called Expo Chicago. And as part of this project, we will plant 10 trees for every work of art that we sell. So this is an initiative that we revisit quite often. In fact, we've planted over 3,000 trees to date. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, a cause that I feel really, really passionately about with, you know, I have a 10 year old daughter and, you know, I, I feel it's so important to leave a healthy planet for her. And, um, but since our inception in 2018, Art for Change has raised over a quarter million dollars for nonprofits. And we've worked with over a hundred artists to date. And one of the most inspiring aspects of Art for Change is that we provide a vehicle for artists to use their practice and share their passion for causes in the world. We just celebrated our fifth year anniversary and I was looking back over interviews we've done with our more than 100 artists. Um, we amplify each artwork and partnership on our website, artforchange.com, which makes it such a powerful, powerful tool as a destination for discovery. 
And just, you know, through reading back over these interviews, it struck me how meaningful the partnerships have been, both from a perspective of a deep dive into the artist practice, but also how moving it is to provide a bridge between the artist practice and the nonprofit causes that they feel passionately about. So, you know, for example, we've done a few projects to benefit um, organizations supporting mental health initiatives in the past few years. Um, over the course of the pandemic, um, and in its wake, there's been a global prevalence of anxiety and depression. So mental health struggles have become much more visible and common issues. So, you know, we've done um, a couple projects supporting, you know, mental health organizations, including um, NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness and Project Healthy Minds. We've done, we've launched those initiatives during the month of October, which is World Mental Health Day is in October. So we've worked with eight artists who felt compelled to call attention to this issue. And, you know, these artists share how the mental health crisis has impacted their lives and how important it is to talk openly about mental health issues, uh, you know, as a healing, as it is a healing, healing is a collective process, really. So, you know, sharing their experiences um, with our audience is, is such a valuable tool. So I'm, I'm just honored to be a part of a platform that can amplify these concerns. And, um, you know, not only that, you know, at Art for Change, we offer insight into artists and their work. And, you know, we share an intimate look at what personally moves them. And we do this all while offering collectors works by really in-demand artists, you know, artists that, you know, often have waiting lists for their original works. You know, I consider it to be an honor to work with artists and nobody cares more about artists than we do at Art for Change. And I just feel so inspired by them and enjoy visiting their studios and diving deep into their, their process and inspirations behind their works. And, you know, really truly is a privilege for me. So when you're looking at artists to take on, are they artists whose work is about the cause that they're passionate about or do they have a cause already that they want to participate in or give some of their profit towards or is it as a result of coming to work with you that they then start to think oh actually yes that is something that I want to do or kind of all of the above yeah that's a great question I would say honestly it's all of the above um, I think that projects come about in different ways. You know, sometimes it's, you know, a cause that we feel is, is really important to call attention to, you know, such as, you know, the mental health crisis. Um, or sometimes, you know, we might be talking with an artist and, and they might say, you know, I'm, I really, you know, this is an organization that I'm passionate about and I'd love to, to do a project surrounding that. And then we might, you know, start thinking about, oh, you know, in our conversations with artists, you know, who do we think this might resonate with? Um, I think that's the important part is that, you know, there is that connection um, and feeling that the artist has about the organization. And the flip side of that, I guess, is thinking about the collectors. So are the collectors primary interest in collecting art or are your collectors the kind of people that, yes, they, they want to collect art, but they also 
want to be contributing to nonprofits? I think it's a combination. I think, you know, a lot of times people will see, wow, we have great artists and, you know, they they come to us, you know, because they love the artwork that we're showing. But then I think there's also this added component and benefit that that makes it even more compelling and attractive. So I think it's a combination. I'd like to know a bit more about the journey, about how you got to doing what you're doing. So we always start with our guests to go back to the child that you were and to try and kind of reflect on whether when you look back that you can see traits or clues in the little girl that you were to the woman and the entrepreneur that you've become? You know, I think, you know, you need to ask my parents or teachers, but I think something I've always believed in is that anything is possible if you try hard enough and, you know, not to take no for an answer. So I think, you know, perseverance is, is key. I grew up in a small town in the Midwest and, you know, my high school didn't have a lot in terms of, you know, art history. So I didn't discover my love of art history until I was in college. And I took a few elective art history courses and loved them. And, you know, at the time, my, my parents felt I should follow a safer career path. One that, you know, has steps that you follow to end up in uh, a job, you know, a respectable job, you know, a teacher or a doctor Um, something along those lines. But after discovering my love of art history, I spent a good amount of time asking myself if I should follow that structured career path that, you know, maybe I wasn't fully interested in, or pursue something, you know, like art history and see where following my passion would take me. And it came down to a what is the meaning of life question, so um, ultimately, you know, I spent a few months really thinking about that and decided that it was more important to follow my heart and to take a risk and to do what I love. So was that a straight trajectory? That's a kind of rhetorical question because it usually isn't. <laughs> <laughs> With art history, is there a kind of constructed career that you can take or is it very much that you kind of find your way through it? Yeah, I don't think I really knew what I would do. I just knew that I loved learning about, you know, the history of art and um, the stories behind art and the power of art to, to bring people together. You know, there really wasn't a path that, you know, I was laid out for me or, you know, a certain trajectory that I was expecting to follow. But I just knew that following my passion was what I needed to do and that it was a risk and I was willing to take that. So I have an undergraduate degree in art history. And after that, I, you know, spent a few years working doing, I worked in a gallery and I actually, you know, did some other different jobs, you know, in the art world. And then I did a a graduate program at Sotheby's in New York City. And it was a really great experience because, you know, it was very immersive in terms of, you know, going to different art museums and galleries and, you know, really getting to to know the art world in New York City. And so um, that was a great experience. And then I also studied art appraisal at Pratt, where, you know, I, I was able to learn about, you know, how to value different works of art. And you know, I would say learning about the contemporary art at Sotheby's allowed me to understand the art world. And then studying art appraisal helped me to understand why 
one work of art is more valuable than another. So I spent some time working at Christie's in a number of different roles, and it gave me a great groundwork for art business while also being surrounded by some of the best artworks in the world. I also spent some time volunteering at a few different New York City art nonprofits, you know, including independent Curators International, where I got to see the power of art fundraising. And these experiences, you know, really were invaluable when I made the decision to go off on my own and are what led me to realize that I wanted to marry my love of art and philanthropy. Mm. And and that is quite a sort of it's amazing when you hit that point and you can see the the power of the the things that you're passionate about and you can see where your purpose lies and then bringing them together in a way that you can also make a profit it's something that you know it's kind of dreams are made of that and then the kind of practical steps to actually making that come into reality what were the kind of challenges that you faced in in doing that yeah so i would say that you know one of the challenges you know was early 2020 we had plans to exhibit you know uh do an in person exhibition in the spring that year but of course as we all know um the world changed um in early 2020 and you know art for change really honed our craft during the height of the pandemic in new york city it was one of the most difficult times and everything was completely closed down and many people lost their jobs and food insecurity became a really pressing issue and you know it was a frightening time but it also gave us pur- a different purpose it was a new purpose we ended up you know Obviously, our in-person exhibition didn't happen. And instead, we switched gears and we started talking with the artist Gina Beavers about um, helping out with a a fundraiser for an organization called City Harvest. As people were losing their jobs, you know, hunger insecurity, you know, became a really pressing issue. And you know, I started talking to Gina, you know, initially, she, it was a no from her because she was concerned, you know, about how she was going to pay her studio staff and, you know, pay her the rent for her studio. And, you know, most types of these types of projects where they're fundraisers for nonprofits, the artists are expected to just donate work. But at Art for Change, what we do is really different because we always pay our artists So we were able to overcome this objection. Um, You know, we told Gina, this is a paid project. And this is this is something that, you know, we can do where it's really we pay our artists and we can support our city and we can create this terrific work of art. So it was really we pivoted when when the pandemic hit to to working, you know, on a project that really, you know, was able to, you know, accomplish these objectives. And, you know, I would say that that was an experience that helped solidify our trajectory. Do you get the artists to create works sort of as commissions with the idea of the nonprofit in mind? Or is it is it more that they have works that are ready to buy and when they sell or the print sell that part of that goes to the nonprofit. So what we do is, you know, we commission works. So this might be a new work 
or it could be um, a print of a, a really popular piece. So for this particular work by Gina that we ended up creating, um, she had done a show in 2019 at MoMA PS1, and it was a, an amazing show called The Life I Deserve. And there was a particular work in that show that I was thinking about in terms of um, you know making an edition of this particular painting. So we when we were talking, you know, I suggested this image that I thought was very powerful and it actually was the show was named after this work called The Life I Deserve. And Gina, when she makes her artwork, she searches under hashtags on Instagram or social media. And she searched under the life I deserve. And that was her source material for this piece. And so it was actually um, an image of an ice cream cone. And I thought it was a very interesting um, image to choose for this project. And I know that it was... um, I thought I felt it was a very powerful image. So it was a very deliberate choice in choosing this particular work to make a print of. So in that case, that's how that came about. And we were able to get a high res file of the image and and make this incredible print. It um, ended up selling out, you know, in a matter of a couple days. So it was very popular. And yeah, it was a successful project. We provided tens of thousands of meals through that project for people in need, you know, early on in the pandemic. So my my son works for a company called Avant Art, which you might might have heard of. And they recently did a, a live streaming event of an artist creating an original painting over, I can't remember if it was 12 hours or 24 hours. And they were selling, they were auctioning the prints off the painting which still hadn't been finished because obviously it was happening as they as people watching the prints were auctioned sort of all around the world in in kind of real time Mm -hmm. um and I think that's quite there's sort of something very interesting in how things are changing in the art world and how things are being disrupted from the kind of old-fashioned art gallery system so how do you see that your your model sits amongst that and and how do you see that it kind of moving in the future well I think that first of all that's a cool that sounds like a very cool initiative that your son was involved in um you know I think that during the pandemic we were really forced to operate more in this digital world and People were already, you know, buying art online, but I think that only accelerated um, those habits. And but I do think that you know it's a combination of individuals wanting to to interact in person and as well as you know have the convenience of buying online. You know, at Art for Change, we're definitely you know we have plans to do more in person activations and you know interact. We love interacting with our clients and you know. Community engagement is is definitely in our future. More community engagement. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Sort of being more of a kind of I don't know whether you call yourself a boutique agency or consultancy. You know, I, I have my work on Saatchi Art, and when I first started, it was quite small, and so you could be found very 
easily. Whereas now it's so massive that, you know, the chances that people come across you is, is quite remote. So it's quite interesting that you have kept the, you're the person that sees the artists, that works with the collectors, that brings the artists on and sort of, in a way, nurtures those relationships. How do you decide on the artists the kind of works that you're going to be promoting is it intuitive or is there a kind of do you have a system it's definitely intuitive um i think that you know we do have a team of people and you know we're all really immersed in the art world and you know we are signed up for newsletters and you know we're going to openings and museum shows so you know we're really at that epicenter and spending a lot of time visiting artists in their studios in in New York City. And, you know, I feel like it's a great place to be to really be constantly seeing seeing new, amazing artwork. And again, it's my passion. And I feel so lucky to be able to do that. I'm a great believer in in the power of creativity in helping change in helping positive change and and now where we're at in helping climate change so moving forward is that something that you're more focused on and how how do you see that working on a kind of more expansive way so I'm, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this or not, but it, it's, um, you know, we're celebrating our fifth anniversary, which has been really exciting. We've been reflecting on all that we've achieved to date. And we're, we're just so honored to have shared the works and stories of more than 100 artists in all corners of the world. I would say our plan is to continue to grow in this continuously fertile intersection of art and philanthropy and we aim to continue to build artists' careers while also mitigating the effects of climate change via our tree planting initiative. We've proved that, you know, Art for Change has really resonated with collectors on a global scale. I mean, you name it, we've probably sold an artwork there. So it has really surpassed my wildest expectations. And I'm, I'm just excited to continue on this trajectory of growth. Um, not to jinx us, but we feel excited about what's to come. And I think, you know, I mentioned doing more um, in-person activations and community engagement are definitely plans that we have in the future. Tell me a bit more about the planting of the trees and the global reforestation mm-hmm. for climate change. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel that climate change is the most important issue of our times. And, you know, it's something that as a mother, as a citizen of this world, I, I feel is, is extremely important. For me, it, it's just an issue that something that is, is at the core of what needs to happen to continue to you know, make the world a better place. So it is it's it's an issue that you know we will revisit you know you know with the impact of our work it's you know art is so inspiring and it's such a powerful tool for communication and expression it it brings people together in different cultures and communities It, it has the power to to move your soul and hopefully create a more tolerant and accepting world so you know by harnessing the power of art we've generated over a quarter million dollars for nonprofits, and we've planted more than 3,000 trees 
And it's, it's just really, really, like I said, exceeded my expectations. And, you know, so many of our collectors are passionate philanthropists. So it's, it's really a natural pairing and resonates with both our artists, partners, and ultimately with our collectors. With the work that you you do with artists and nonprofits and collectors and trying to change the world in in the way that you can and trying to create climate solutions or ways to kind of mitigate climate crisis, how do you define courage? Mm-hmm. Courage, in a nutshell, I, I believe it's standing up for what's right, even when it's not the easy thing to do. So that philosophy has really underpinned our mission from the get-go. And it's sometimes challenging, but leaning into being the change that we want to see has actually been a key to our success. So, you know, for example, in our business, you know, I know plenty of art dealers who don't feel like they can take a stance on certain issues because they don't want to alienate clients or collectors. Uh, But taking a stance on issues is what we do. And we're addressing issues that can be contentious, but we don't shy away from it. And I think that takes courage. Thank you so much, Jean, for finding a way to bring art to socially conscious collectors, support artists and benefit social causes and wider climate change issues to create a thriving cultural ecosystem. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk to you and hear about your amazing work. Thank you so much, Lou. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Thanks, Jean, for showing us that it's possible to follow our passion and grow a business while helping people and the planet at the same time. You can find out more about Jean's work on www.artforchange.com and follow her on Instagram at artforchange. Thank you, Brave New Girl Media, for producing and sourcing the guests for the show. And to you for listening. I hope today's story inspires you to step into the spotlight and show how you too are positively impacting the world. Take care, choose courage, and see you next time.